Whether you are starting a business or running a business, maybe you're producing a podcast like The Kara Golden Show. Let's face it, it's always way harder than one might expect. Lots of little details, meticulous planning, producing product, guest coordination, editing, promoting each episode. It's all a ton of work. Managing merchandise, managing cases and book sales too, layer after layer of complexity. And if you're like me, looking for ways to operate more efficiently and effectively is the name of the game. That's why I'm going to let you in on a little secret. ShipStation, the tool that is here to help you and you need to know all about it. With ShipStation, you can integrate with all the places you sell online, optimize your shipping, save costs and time. Personally, ShipStation has been a lifesaver for me. Its automation features allow me to manage orders from anywhere and print shipping labels with just a click. Seriously, it's that easy. And the cost savings? Unbelievable. With discounts up to 89% off carrier rates, you can't go wrong. Significant savings. And who doesn't want that? An easy-to-use dashboard, robust reporting. Oh, and did I mention that over 130,000 companies have leveraged ShipStation to grow their businesses? Not much churn either. 98% of them stay with ShipStation because it truly works. ShipStation is it. So if you're ready to streamline your shipping process and focus more on what you love, head over to ShipStation.com the innovative tool that helps turn your shipping challenges into opportunities for growth. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CARA to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code CARA. Use code CARA for a free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, promo code CARA. The more you push yourself to try new things, no matter what it is, in a thoughtful way, you know, we're not flying off the handle with like crazy stuff, but I think that's what keeps you fresh in your core. You gotta pick yourself up, go backwards and slam yourself at the wall like 500 more times until the wall crumbles. 25% of middle school girls already believe they'll never achieve their dream career. career. Hi, I'm Kara Golden, founder and CEO of Hint. Hint. And you're listening to Unstoppable, a podcast spotlighting the journeys of inspiring entrepreneurs. I believe that at its core, leadership is about constantly learning from the people around you. And I'm so inspired by the conversations we're having in our upcoming episodes and can't wait to share them with you. This season, some of my guests include Rebecca Minkoff, fashion designer and founder of the Female Founder Collective, Diana Kaff, author of Girls Who Run the World, Andrew Dudham, founder of Hymns, and Eugene Rem, co-founder of Rumble Fitness, and much, much more. Plus, we ask the million-dollar question, what does it really take to be unstoppable? Let's find out. Hi, everybody. It's Kara Golden from Unstoppable, and I'm super, super excited to have our next guest here, Cynthia Rowley. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Very, very excited. So award-winning designer, began her career in fashion while studying in the Art Institute of Chicago. 
I've been a huge fan of hers for years. And I didn't know all of these little pieces until I actually got your bio, but it's really great. After graduation, she took a little seed money and moved to New York City to start her amazing fashion brand that has been around. I mean, it's truly iconic in so many ways. And if you're out in Montauk this summer, you'll actually, if you go into the store, you'll find some bottles of Hint in there too, as Cynthia is a fan. Very, very excited. And whether she's exploring and uh, she's still surfing secret spots out, out there in Montauk and other exotic destinations, also scuba diving. I'm also a scuba diver too. So certainly not in an Arctic glacier. That's, that's uh, much more <laughs> badass than, than I've done. But she's definitely a risk taker. I you know, look at her as a iconic disruptor as well. And more than anything, we're just super, super excited to have her here to talk a little bit about her story and some of the lessons that she's learned. So welcome. Hi, this Hello. is so exciting. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, very, very excited. So can you take us back to the beginning? And we heard a little bit about how you got started. You moved to New York and what was kind of, you know, the thinking? Did you always sew or draw or what was sort of, you know, the, the little Cynthia? Yes to all of that. I, I grew up, my mom is an artist, my grandparents were artists, and you know, I grew up drawing and painting and, and making things. And I just started, I started sewing at an early age. And, you know, one thing led to another. I was in art school and I was studying painting and then decided, you know, maybe there's something, another way to enjoy this creative process and maybe have a little bit more of a commercial aspect to it. And my friend was like, you know, you should be a fashion designer. And it was so foreign to me, the idea, because I grew up in a small town in Illinois where, you know, fashion wasn't a thing. And then I just quickly sort of pivoted and started designing and making clothes and sewing and drawing and, you know, the whole thing. And then eventually just in a very naive, but driven way, came to New York and just started having runway shows and, you know, inviting Vogue and Women's Wear Daily and, you know, anybody I could think of. And sometimes they came, sometimes they didn't. But, you know, eventually, little by little, I started to grow the company. And, and you know, it's changed so much from the early days till now because the industry has changed. And I've always been excited about the next thing. I never, ever like to be nostalgic about things. I don't like looking back ever. All I think about is what's next and how we can innovate and how we can do something that maybe has never been done before. And and that's always my MO. And it's kept us, I think, relevant and, and really you know, different than a lot of other ready-to-wear brands out there. I, lo- I love it. Who makes wetsuits and pretty dresses? People yeah. were like, I don't get it. And I was like, great. I, I love that. <laughs> no, that's, that's. I want so- you to have to think about it, you know? <laughs> 
Well, it's funny. We started making sunscreen a few years ago. I don't know if you've had our sunscreen. Oh, I didn't know about that. And I had skin cancer on my nose and being a redhead and having, I grew up in Arizona and having way too much sun. And so I was looking for a sunscreen that I'd always wore foundation with SPF in it, and it just wasn't enough. And so I didn't like mineral-based products on my face. I, they just made me, me itch and often screwed up my foundation. And, and so I started looking at you know ingredients in sunscreen. And then I found one at my dermatologist that I thought was pretty great, but it didn't smell very good. And then it also was just a little too white. And so I started asking questions like about all the different ingredients and anyway, developed it in my kitchen. It's called Hint as well, but I bring it up because when we launched it, I had phone calls from the beverage company saying, okay, we totally got what you were doing, but then you like went off on this path of, you know, (laughs) sunscreens and we were like, wait, what is she doing? And I was like, I didn't develop any of these products for you guys. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. 
I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is Super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of The Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for The Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. As I developed them to really help the consumer solve a problem. And yeah. I mean, the same with you, you watch your consumer. Yeah. And I think traditionalists would say that, you know, it's a distraction and maybe, you know, I on you're not, you're taking your eye off the ball or whatever, but I really think that's how you can inject a fresh eye into, you know, something that's your core. And it might make you think about that in a different way. So I think the more you push yourself to try new things, no matter what it is, in a thoughtful way, you know, we're not flying off the handle with like crazy stuff. But, you know, I think it, I think that's what keeps you fresh in your core, too. I love I love it. So you mentioned you just had a fashion show. Like, how did you know to have a fashion show? I mean, that to me, I mean, here's, you know, like a, I'm imagining a, you know, scrappy 20 something coming to New yeah. York City and, you know. In a U-Haul with yeah. no, no employees, sewing everything myself. I love it. Like everything seemed sort of logical in a way to me. So it was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, it was in the vein of like, hey, my dad's got a barn. I'll make some costumes out of these old tablecloths. Let's put on a show. Like it was enough of that. I love it. Mixed with this like, you know, kind of like fantastical dream that I knew nothing 
had never experienced. So it was like the scrappiness, which I love that word scrappy, the scrappiness of, you know, I'll figure this out. I'll just do it my own way at with combined with like Vogue magazine is going to come, you know, because that's what I had heard was, you know, the ultimate, you know, so I love it. You just, you know, sometimes naivete is important and can take the fear out of things. And then I think just sometimes it's, you know, like Nike says, you just, just do it, you know, and just what's the worst. I always think what's the worst that could happen. You fail. So if you fail, you're learning something, you fail fast, you move on, you know, and I've never been afraid to fail. And I've always been sort of like an underdog, which I think in a way, like I used to think was a real, was a real liability, but now I think it's really something that like has propelled and pushed me through some really tough times because, you know, I've never been like, I mean, I have CFDA awards, whatever other awards, like I've been, you know, I guess you could say like the darling once in a while, but most of the time, 95% of the time, I'm kind of the, you know, a little bit of an outsider in the fashion world. And I, lo- I love this. I, I have a book coming out in October that's called Undaunted and you're undaunted. And you are the the epitome of uh, undaunted. And so I talk, oh, you. Uh, you know, I I talk about it's it's part autobiography, part business, part self development. But I talk about you know a lot of the same things that you're talking about. That you know, I I was never really afraid of failure. I you know, and still to this day, I I go along on the journey, and I you know take. what comes along and you know and if it doesn't come I hope that I'm learning something that is actually going to help me or if I fail it's going to help me the next time because I've gotten smarter about things and you know and I keep bringing those things in so undaunted is I think like the number one thing that I see when I talk to entrepreneurs is you know this fear of failure but they also often think that they have to have lots of experience and all the answers and all the credibility and, you know, hearing your story, you know, oh, I think I'll just go have a fashion show and I'll go invite Vogue and all of these amazing, amazing things. Like, I mean, when I started Hint, I, you know, thought it would just be for kicks if I could get my product on the shelf at Whole Foods. And, you know, I didn't even bother figuring out that there was a big buying office in Austin and, I just took it to my local Whole Foods in San Francisco and I said, how do I get this on the shelf? And they thought I was crazy. And some like, and then long, crazy story, but I was pregnant. And I think the guy took pity on me because I was pregnant. And he was like, I can't believe you're launching a beverage the same time that you're pregnant. And I was like, yeah, it's my fourth child and I'm pregnant with my fourth. And it'd be really great if you put it on the shelf because you'll just make my day. And he just, and he did it. And then it actually sold. And so then I sort of reversed what everyone else did and it stood out. And I think so many times that's the story of the best entrepreneurs in every industry. That's almost exactly my... The same? Let's hear it. I want to, yeah, I want to hear it. Well, this is a story I've told a lot. So maybe some of your listeners might've heard it, but it's really, I was stopped on the train when I was in school in Chicago 
by a buyer for this department store there. And she asked me about the jacket I was wearing, gave me her card, said, you know, be in my office Monday with your collection. And it was Friday. And of course, I didn't have a collection, but I accepted her appointment. And I went to the store, fabric store, sewed all weekend, made five things, went to her office, was showing them one by one. And she was like, oh, that's nice. I like that one, you know, little set you made there. What's the style number on that? And I was like, confidently, one. And then what's the style number on that? Two. And then, you know, she was like, let me guess three, four and five. And I was like, right. And anyway, she knew that I had no clue what I was doing and that I had sewn it all myself. And like, then she asked me prices of things. And I was like, what do you think you could sell it for? <laughs> right. Like it was with the work, but I was a student, you know, that was my, I was a student anyway. she. I love that story though. She bought it and that was it. But I mean, I think the things like to think about too are not, you know, you can't be afraid of hard work. And just like the Whole Foods and, you know, any of my early days, it was like I never had this grandiose goal of like riding around in limos with supermodels. I just didn't want to be a bartender anymore. And I wanted, you know, like every little thing, these short term goals like that, like, oh, if I could get it on the shelves at Whole Foods or to me, I was like, if I could just get one review in Women's Wear Daily, and then you would get it. Those are things that were achievable. And so that, you know, little by little, it can like push you to keep going. Whereas, you know, it's easy to feel bad about what what's happening because you're not reaching some gigantic pie in the sky goal that you set for yourself that's, you know, could take years if ever to achieve. So... I think that's, but also being an optimist, don't you think that's an important part of having a business is, you know, always being optimistic and thinking, well, like that, well, that's good that that thing fell apart because if it would have worked out, you know, I wouldn't have been able to do this or whatever, you know, I think there's a hundred percent. Yeah, no. And, and, you know, I'm giving away pieces of my book, but you know, we, few years ago, we got kicked out of Starbucks. We were in 11,000 Starbucks and, you know, we were meeting our goals and everything was great. And then one day we got a phone call from the buyer after being in there for 18 months. And they told us that we were getting kicked out of Starbucks next week. And I said, why? And they said, well, you know, this is a directive from Howard Schultz and he, you know, wants to put more food in the cases. And so they just don't have room in the cases. And so that was a really bad day. And I had to go back and tell, you know, my board, my investors, you know, like I had all this product in the warehouse. And then two days later, I came back in the office and I said to the team, I'm not going to lie, it's bad. But on the flip side, we have been exposed to, you know, potentially everybody in America that goes into Starbucks. They're everywhere, right? 11,000 sports. And so, you know, it's like, I mean, that's the thing that is, you know, the optimism over there, you know, it's, that's really the thing that I was able to say. And then two weeks later, the buyer from Amazon called that was starting Amazon Grocery and 
and said, I buy your product all the time in Starbucks. And I didn't know if I should tell him that we were just kicked out of Starbucks. I didn't bother, but I said, listen, we'd love to work with you. And we have, a, we have you know, excess inventory in our warehouse if you're interested in taking it and selling it. And he did. And we very quickly became one of the number one products in grocery. Amazing. That's, I always think, I mean, you did, it is also like, don't you think you have to sort of just trust? I mean, I don't know if I believe in fate, yeah. but there is a certain amount of trust in your product and your vision that will guide you, I think, to the next thing. Yeah. And, and I think also finding the optimism in these opportunities and ultimately you know, I don't think the Amazon buyer would have found us if we wouldn't have been in Starbucks. And, you know, and I also learned another really important lesson, which is, you know, at that time, Starbucks was almost 40% of our overall business. And I put all, I had put all my eggs in that basket and it ended. And that was like, talk about the lessons that you learn along the way. And, you know, that one, I, you know, say to people all the time, like we are, this is, we cannot ever let any piece of our business be more than 20% of our overall business. Exactly. Right. And it's what, I mean, it's what happened in fashion. If you talk about what's happened in fashion recently, where anyone who was strictly a wholesale model or wholesale with like a tiny bit of DTC, it's done. It's over. Every one of those stores is gone. Even the licensing model, you know, it's broken. It just doesn't work because there's nowhere for these manufacturing manufacturing licensing partners to sell the stuff, you know, unless it, they sell it to a direct-to-consumer business. Yeah, so, no, absolutely. So talk about direct-to-consumer. Has that become a big piece of your business? It's like the, yeah, basically at a certain point I saw we had a lot of licenses like we've evolved so much over the years, but I had a lot of licenses. I saw that department stores weren't selling those licensed products or, you know, it was just not working anymore. I saw the writing on the wall. So we took away a lot of our, most of our wholesale business and went into our own e-com and our own retail stores. Now, It's so interesting because now since mid-March with all our stores closed and any wholesale accounts that we have continued with closed, our e-com business is up almost 50% over last year. Crazy. Yeah. It's it's crazy and it's not what we expected at all. And I think that's part of you know part of the thing too is like being nimble and being able to steer your business and adapt yeah and I mean it's just like listening and being true to yourself it's like I think when you have all these filters in place like buyers for stores or editors you know those are of course they're they can be very helpful but they're also filters you know and they're putting up these 
barriers between you and your audience. So the more you can be in direct contact with your audience, listening what to what they want and need and, you know, giving them newness and directly as opposed to through some other third party, I think it just creates a much stronger bond and a much smarter and better product. And, you know, it's different, you know, than Hint or whatever in that. I mean, the same in a way because it, it there is an emotional connection, mm -hmm. but different in that, you know, we have to keep reinventing the wheel, which I, all the time when I read stories about entrepreneurs like you, I'm like, damn, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> be so much easier I'm always like we got to do another collection another collection <laughs> it's I just know. like it's a lot you know it's a lot but it, that's what is also really fun and exciting and working with a great team and everything yeah, yeah no, no no I I love it well it's interesting because when we in mid-march when we're an essential product so we were you know in lots of grocery stores across the country, but we were out of stock and we go through distributors in order. And so it wasn't just the retailer having control of our product, but it actually wasn't making it out of the warehouse from a lot of these distributors. And right, so right, right. we actually oh. made a very, very aggressive ballsy move by going into the stores and saying, can we just send truckloads into your stores and just go direct and do this into targets, into you know, imagine as, as a founder and CEO, you go into three, I'll never forget March, the night of March 13th, Friday. Yes. The 13th. <laughs> that was, yeah. We, and we went in, I went in when I, I flew back from New York to San Francisco and I went into three Target stores and we were out of stock. We have 16 feet of space in Target gone. There's no, there's none. I'm, I'm in there at like 10 o'clock at night going, what's going on? And so that weekend, we really acted fast and we reached out to all of our buyers and we said, look, we'll figure out the invoicing later. Can we just get it in there? And they didn't know what was happening either. The you know, electronic ordering that was coming off of the register just wasn't happening. And, and so we actually gained space in so many stores because people said, these guys are on it. And then in addition to that, we have over a million people consumers in our database, our direct-to-consumer businesses that now over 50% of our overall business. And so we immediately on Monday morning, the 16th, we wrote to all of our consumers and we said, look, you know, we're consumers too. We see what's going on in the grocery stores. It's really hard right now for everybody. But just to let you know, we have plenty of stock. Don't hoard. If you want to order, like we're here and we got some crazy response. It was like 60% of our consumers ordered right then, like off of that email. Like we spoke to them uh, in a way that we said, yeah. look, like it's happening. We're all like watching it, but, you know, please visit your stores and support your local stores. But, you know, just so you know, we're here and we've got plenty of stock and we've continued that message through, you know, this crazy time. And our promise has always been that we have everything here. And sometimes we do special collections. We do, we call them smash ups. And so consumers keep coming back for those special things that we that we just try. Yeah. So anyway, it's been, 
you know, it's really been an interesting, you know, time and that business has just gone crazy. But then the rest, you know, in, in the midst of it, we had just gone into a few other retailers, including Walmart and including Aldi. And, and then Costco called us the end of March and said, can we put you guys in nationwide because you do everything in the US, which has become a whole other oh topic my God. because a lot of people do things in Europe or especially in your industry. And, you know, and I know sourcing has become like a whole question. You guys do most yeah. stuff in the US, right? No. You do outside of the US. Has that been challenging? Yeah. yeah. It's- uh, no, our, you know, what's interesting. I mean, our supply chain stayed intact, but <laughs> I think we were lucky because most of it is about 80% is China, maybe a little bit more, or eight, China, Taiwan, a little bit Singapore, a little bit Japan. That sourcing, that part of the country sort of came out of COVID a little bit before we yeah. deep. So it all, you know, a lot of our Domestic factories were closed. We moved a lot domestically when China was closed. And then we were able to switch back when the U.S. factories closed and China was open. So we... That's great. You know, just being able to switch around and stay nimble like that. And hustle. It's the same thing. Like, get trucks, go, go right to Target, go right to... You know, it's like, you just, you got to figure out a way. Sometimes yeah. isn't don't you think that's fun though? Like I, do. Dude, I tell my team sometimes, like I'm like, you know, it's really fun to have an idea, but if you can figure out how to make that idea reality, that's even double the fun. Because you know, you're figuring it out, you're solving a problem, you're like creating something that, you know, didn't exist. And it's you know, it's great to have an idea, but if you can't make it a reality, then you know. Well, I think it's also, you're, you're a great example of a, you know, founder who's still around though, too, that has done every job in the company. Right. And oh yeah, right. I mean, you certainly hire people who, you know, can help and maybe are better than you at some, at certain tasks or whatever, but you have an idea of what's going on in every single role in the company, which is, you know, really great. And I think great to work for somebody like that. So that's amazing. And I work hard, like this whole thing, I mean, everything that's happened since March has been, it's been challenging for me because I was the one that never took a summer Friday, always work all the way through the week, all summer long, had a 48 hour maternity leave. I, I just work, 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 work. And now I'm seeing that I can still do that, but in a way that maybe has a little bit more balance. So that's been interesting, I think, you know, but I do think, you know, like they say, the fish rots from the head. You got to set a good example. You got to work hard. If you're not working hard, why should anybody else, you know? No, it's abs- it's absolutely true. So one thing that I, I feel your brand really represents well is women's empowerment. And so was that intentional? I mean, do you feel like, I mean, certainly this brand is a lot of you, right? I mean, you're still here and loving, obviously you're smiling yeah. and loving like yeah. what you're doing. And, but can you tell us like how those two things sort of came together? I mean, was it pretty organic how you? That's what I was going to say. It was, it's been totally organic. And I think it's just like, that's the only way to have 
real authenticity in the company is that, or in a brand is if you're living that life, you know, not just me, but my, you know, my team, my, it's just, it's easy to tell that, that kind of a story because I think that, you know, we're mostly women in the company, although there's a lot of guys and some have been with me for more than 20 years. And, and I think that it's just things like sometimes things like titles, things like, you know, a Harvard MBA or something. It's not as meaningful to me as someone who's really smart, who really understands the brand, who really is passionate and hardworking and enthusiastic. Like that's who then that's who I want to give the responsibility to and the tools to grow and the, you know, that feeling of empowerment. That's what I look for. That's awesome. And so you have one daughter or you have, I have two daughters, two daughters and are they working in the business? I wish I had four (laughs) or more. My daughter kit is, uh, in, She's at NYU and she's in her last year at NYU, but she, you know, she dabbles in some fashion stuff. We'll see what she ends up doing. And then my daughter, Gigi, is a freshman in high school. So that's great. That's awesome. Are they interested in, in, you said Kit possibly, but it's possibly, I mean, you know, who knows? I would say probably kit maybe peripherally or in a in some other form of fashion style my husband is an art dealer so has a gal he has a gallery so i think you know could be that or some combo combination of that which she's kind of doing now art and fashion and Gigi, i'm not sure it's a little early they're both really good surfers and I love it. Kind of crazy, you know, we'll do anything that sometimes when I'm like, guys, okay, we're going to go camping in the Himalayas. They would never say, "Mm, no, I can't do, they'll always go for it, which like for me, that's like a foundation for life, you know, that they're always willing to kind of at least try. I love it. Something new, you know. I love it. You and I are like soul sisters. It sounds like you love to travel and do and do these crazy experiences. So I'm in I'm in the same boat. So yeah, but it's I mean, if that's like what you can impart to your kids, like that sense of like, I want to see the world. Everyone's different. Every I want to accept the world and all it has to offer and learn about that. I mean, I think that's a great thing to give to your kids and then let them be who they are. Yeah. And totally and find their passion. And yeah, I love it. I yeah. love, I love hearing this. So what advice would you give to someone who wants to follow in your footsteps, the new designer who's trying to figure out, or maybe, maybe not even clothing designer, but somebody who's, who's sort of looking at fashion as something that they want to do. I mean, I th- I think don't think about anything that anyone's ever done in the past. Like don't, there's no rules. There's nothing that's been done in the past that should be repeated in the future is how I feel. I think that in a way fashion is a really old fashioned, antiquated 
notion of an industry, of a business, the only way to really disrupt and make an impact is to do something your own way, you know, do what you feel, just be yourself. And, and also it's really easy in a way like now, I mean, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. You can make whatever you, it's easy to figure things out, put things out there, talk to your audience. I mean, I think the most important thing is to just try it, just go for it. Yeah, no, I agree in so many ways. I mean, technology has brought, you know, a lot of good to industries in terms of being able to give people access to be able to talk to the customer, right? And yeah, it's not just about a relationship with a major, you know, with the Bloomingdale's. I mean, you know, that's great, but I oh think, awesome, right? It's, I uh, mean, I have so many stories, I can't even, but that's why I'm saying like, don't do anything that's ever been done before. Yeah. Just don't do it what's like your, that. What's your craziest story that you were just, what were you just thinking about? Well, you can name anything that you, any reference in the industry. And I probably have a story about it. When did you, when did you really feel like you had failed in some way? Like, do you remember like early on where it just really hurt? Like, was, was there a, an account that actually said, sorry, we're not interested or. Oh yeah. Everybody, everybody told me no. Everyone said no, 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 no. We can't, we don't want it. We don't this, we don't, you know, everything was no. And that's why, you know, now conversely, when people asked me to do things, my, I went through a phase where I was saying yes to everything because people had told me no for so long. So then I was completely overwhelmed and spinning my wheels on things that maybe didn't matter that much, but I was so grateful that people were interested and cared that I didn't want to say, I would never say no. Oh my God. Like I'm so flattered. I'm so, you know, grateful and, you know, gratitude is important to have, but also being able to, you know, put things in perspective about what is important for the company and what, you know, should be prioritized and and all that. But yeah, everybody told me no. And how do you just keep going then? Do you remember the yeses or do you remember, or do you like just want to get to a yes in order to kind of you know, steamroll all the no's that you're hearing. I mean, that's what, that's how I felt. Like somebody's got to say yes at some point. Yeah. I mean, I never felt like, oh, I'll show them, you know, I never had that attitude. I was always like happy for like the littlest, tiniest little positive reinforcement or positive movement in something. I think, you know, sometimes it's just a kind word that really can keep you going or sometimes I love that you know from hearing someone say you know this is my favorite thing I've ever owned or something like things like that it makes me so happy and even in the beginning I remember seeing a girl like it was the first season I was ever in New York City and I saw a girl walking down the street like someone a stranger someone I wasn't even related to or friends with wearing my clothes and I was just like oh my god like there's someone wearing it you know out in the world and and you know like little things like that were really 
I know what you mean. I was out at in Point Reyes last weekend, which isn't far from my house. It's a tiny little town in Marin County, and and we were driving by, and there was a guy just sitting on a bench drinking a hint. I mean, and it, <laughs> I, I don't even know what stores all you know sell our product, and many of them were still closed. And I thought, and I just smiled, you know. Yeah. And, like waved, I waved at him. He was probably thought, why is that woman waving at me? Right. (laughs) But I'm sure it's the same thing. I mean, it just is, you know, that relationship with the customer that is just, is is super special. So I asked two questions, two final questions. One, what's your favorite hint flavor? I'm, uh, I'm drinking my cherry at the moment. So I like cherry. I like watermelon. I like the watermelon a lot too. It's it's so good. And you've answered a lot of this, but what makes you unstoppable? Oh my goodness. No, <laughs> I was thinking about this. I think curiosity. It's I so think interesting that you say, yeah, I was, I was going to say the same thing about you because I do. I think you're just, you know, you're very curious and then you just go try. And do it. Yeah. Curiosity. I think of, you know, having a vision that is achievable, like being able, I do think being able to sort of organize things in a very linear way makes it easy to get from A to B, you know? I love it. So, yeah, I think that's, you know, when it's easy when you start to scale and you start to, to get like, oh, this is important, this is important, this, and you get like sort of like crazy, you know, you can get crazy trying to keep all those balls in the air and and keep it all, you know, growing and growing and growing. And I think sometimes like you almost have to just like pare it down to, you know, organize it in a way that is more linear and I don't know when so when I think about business stuff I always think of a visual I think visually about I can I can see that in you so you are a visual person but I think that that's yeah that's terrific I love it I love it so where do people find you on social I mean Cynthia Rowley.com obviously for your yes. website and uh, Insta our podcast is called ageless it's on Spotify and all those I love it. And what else? I just started on TikTok, but I got to check that out. Definitely. Well, I don't know. Don't check yet, but um, <laughs> there's a couple of things. I love it. I don't know. It's mo- I think Insta and our site is pretty. I love it. Well, thank you so much. It. You are such an thank inspiration. You. And I, uh, and definitely go to out to the store in Montauk if you guys are out there this summer. Yeah. And very, very exciting. Well, thank you and have a great rest of the week, weekend, and everybody the same. So super fun. And hopefully catch some waves Yeah, and have a delicious watermelon hint afterwards. I love it. I love it. Thanks so much, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. like what you heard, please help spread the word and leave us a review. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Please talk to me at Kara Golden on Twitter. 
Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, be unstoppable. Unstoppable.